All right, welcome in the hockey fans, especially college hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans. It is Frozen Four Championship game night. The national championship will be crowned tonight in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we are doing a very special podcast to uh, preview the event. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I've been since Thursday. The uh, the weather's been glorious. It's uh, 70s, low 80s. Uh, we got some sunshine today. I understand some rain is in the forecast, but we are truly enjoying what we have here in, in Pittsburgh, and the hockey has been no different. Uh, if you've been under a rock, uh, you probably did not know that the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies and the UMass Minutemen have advanced to the national championship game set for tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, ESPN will carry the broadcast, and uh, we will bring you all the preview stuff. And, of course, on our social media tonight, you'll be able to get all the updates of the game, photos, game stats, all that good stuff as we move forward. So, Scott Strandy, live in Pittsburgh, my co-host, uh, surviving the second COVID shot, Paul Hornstein on a beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? Uh, it's, it's, it's weird because uh, I'm not as bad as the first shot, but, you know, I um, still feel pretty beat up. Um, oh not, as, not as dehydrated as I was the last time, but I'm still pretty dehydrated and uh, not really hungry. Um, so, so one poke in the arm can do that because I haven't had mine yet, Paul. And uh, I've heard so many stories about people uh, having different effects and some having no effects. But goodness yeah. gracious, it's it's just crazy. But uh, you'd expect nothing less in COVID, would you? No. Here's the weird thing. Okay, I mean we've all gotten plenty of needles in our lives, right? I mean, oh, yeah. the fact that this one's still the 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 prick point still hurts. Wow, is is kind of amazing to me. <laughs> I could definitely use the word impressive, although I don't understand why. <laughs> I, I guess if it's preventing people from getting uh, oh, yeah. very sick and dying from COVID, it's worth it, and that would in fact be impressive. But okay, enough about your health. We'll uh, we'll yeah, keep well, an eye on that, about that anyway. uh, over the weekend. But t- a special show. I, I threw it together quickly. Uh, and I did it for a reason because we've got a very special guest scheduled to join us in about 27 minutes or so. We're going to have the head coach from uh, UMass, the Minutemen, uh, Greg Carville, is going to join us. And, uh, it, you know, um, it pays to know people, Paul. I want to give a shout out to my good friend Brendan Shaw because Brendan is a UMass alum and he was able to uh, arrange a visit with Coach Carville. So hopefully. Fingers crossed, everything is going well for him and his team, and he'll be able to join us at 11. In the meantime, let's talk a little uh, NCAA Frozen Four hockey, because uh, if you, as I said earlier in the open, if you've been under a rock, you uh, maybe didn't know this, but um, St. Cloud State and UMass have advanced to the national championship game tonight, 7 p.m. at PPG Paints Arena in beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I will be there. You will be on Long Island. Sipping on something. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> and a couple of toothpicks in your eyes to keep them open, uh, I'm assuming. But I have no okay, idea. I honestly have no idea. Okay, well, we'll, we'll play it by ear. I, I That's know one the thing. only way we're going to uh, do it. 
I'm I'm gonna make it down there. I am uh, in my beautiful La Quinta hotel, thanks to Wyndham, and uh, I'm about 23 minutes to uh, get the downtown to the arena. So uh, I will plan accordingly and be there early and be there ready for the 7 p.m. game tonight. But let's break down the Thursday night game, Paul. Let's start with Minnesota State and St. Cloud State and tell everybody how St. Cloud State managed to get into this championship game. And and before I do that, I want to preface what you told me right away after the game. You said, hey, we're going to have a first-time champion, no doubt. Uh, well, that is, you know, that is that is a fact. And, uh, you know, it's the – I saw our, um, I think it was Butcher Grass put out a uh, Twitter post um, saying it's the only the fourth time in the last 40 years that uh, both teams will be first-time winners. So it doesn't happen that often. No, it really doesn't. So uh, we're looking at uh... – St. Cloud State, Minnesota State game that actually uh, was the first of the two semifinal games. It was a battle back and forth. I, I joked on uh, on a radio show that I was on this morning about the fact that it seemed like, and I told you too this, Paul, that it seemed like the uh, motive of Thursday was to get as many people in front of the net as possible. Well, fair that's, enough. That's the way you. That's, that's how you play hockey. You know, it, well, that, it, well, then that's, I mean, forget about it. Paul, well, they do. That, and that's, that, that's, that is an issue. I mean, listen, guys are faster skaters than they've ever been before. Guys are bigger than they've ever been before. Okay. Uh, the goalies are bigger than they've ever been before. Okay. But the basics of the game it, have not changed. You score goals, especially in big spots, by jamming the front of the net. There is no such thing as a bad play when you throw in the puck to the net. Okay, it's it's just like football. As much as we like to see Air Coriel and the San Diego Chargers throwing for 600 yards a game, or the Kansas City Chiefs with Pat Mahomes uh, flying all over the place. The, the the roots of football never change. Run the football, stop the run. Hockey is no different. The basics of the game are still what wins. Yeah, exactly. So an exciting back-and-forth game that St. Cloud took their lead uh, and their uh, ticket to the national championship game very late in the third period and uh, advanced over a Minnesota State team that was competing extremely hard and, um, you know, they, they were playing, Paul, you and I have been talking about this, that they've been playing with house money. So uh, it's, it's like, you know, the battle is on, but, you know, you, you, you got to give them a pat on the back for getting there, right? Oh, sure. I know they're, that, that's not going to be something they're happy with uh, to say that they just got there. But, you know, it's baby steps, right? You got to get there. You got to get experience it. And now you have to uh, take that next step. And that's certainly what UMass is doing. After uh, you and I have joked uh, for a couple of weeks now, or maybe even longer, about Minnesota Duluth and them needing the steaks and the garlic and everything else to uh, take care of the vampire, well, they finally did they it did. in Game Two. They did. I mean, and they did it in a way that uh, you don't see too often. 
we've watched, or at least uh, in my observations of Minnesota Duluth over the last three plus years, is they just kind of slowly choke you. They just kind of slowly, 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 you know, they make you think you're winning the game and they make you think that you've got them down. And all of a sudden, bang, bang, boom, two minutes, three goals, and you're done. That did not happen uh, in that semifinal on Thursday night against UMass. Um, It was not – certainly in the overtime was total domination. And I, I, I am looking forward to asking the coach because I don't think I've ever seen uh, an overtime period dominated that much where the puck almost never left the Duluth zone. I totally agree, Paul. I'm uh... I'm getting a thousand messages at a time here, so sorry if I'm a bit distracted. I'm not used to doing a Saturday morning podcast, but Whoa. yeah, I, I I commented on it myself, Paul. That the the uh, the domination by the uh, by the the Minutemen was just phenomenal. Uh, I said earlier today on on the Hockey Guys uh, radio show in Fargo that uh, they said, "What did you think of that overtime?" And I said, "Here's what I thought." I thought that the uh, the Minutemen uh, came out like they were starting a game, and the Bulldogs came out like they just finished a, a marathon. They looked exhausted. They looked tired. They looked beat. They looked like uh, they just had spent everything they had to try to win that game in regulation, and it didn't happen. I'm also very curious. Did that five-overtime game finally catch up to them? Yeah, well, that's a, that's another really I mean, good there question. Was, you would, there, you would was, think they had plenty of time between yeah, them, but, but but still, you know, right. it's like, oh, no, not overtime again. Because I don't know if you saw that uh, UMD had played uh, only one regulation. I, I think this is how it goes. They've only won one game in regulation to get to the uh, title game uh, in their last nine hockey games they played this season. That's a yeah, lot of overtime. That's a lot of overtime. And, you know, kudos to UMass. Um, a lot of people, you know, like, wow, they lost their best player, uh, Cal McCarr, and how are they going to recover from that, and so forth and so on. And, you know, a great job by the coach to get his players to believe. And they had some issues going into that game, too. Remember, they, they, they're, yeah, great, their hot great goalie point. Was, was out. Their leading scorer was out. Now, do they come back today? I don't know, and I don't think the coach is going to tell us. Um, well, well, what we do never know, know, Paul, is that that the three players that you're talking about were under a COVID protocol. Right. I understand that they did all get to Pittsburgh yesterday. Uh, they all passed COVID tests yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on today. Um, I'm not I'm sure, sure they got to do another tell test. us, but I'm sure they're doing it. Yeah. Um, so they're uh, they're going through that this morning, getting prepared for uh, the game tonight. We'll keep our fingers crossed that everything goes as planned. Like I said, we're planning on having coach in about seventeen, eighteen minutes or so. So when we get, and by him, the we'll way, he's a, got. I mean, 
you know, he's he's getting his goalie back, but man, the the kid <laughs> Murray played great on on Thursday you, night. You, you say you say the kid Murray, but remember he's a senior. He he's been through some roads before, so he's uh, you know, uh, they, again it. I visited with Eddie Christian today uh, on his show, and uh, and he asked me that same question. He said, boy, does Coach Carvel have a, a decision to make? And here's Eddie's take on it. He told me that if if he were Coach Carvel, what he would do is get his captains together this morning and, and go, okay, guys, we got one game to play. We got one game to win the national championship. Who, who would you like to play? Who would you like me to start in goal? Who will you play oh, the hardest man. for? Because because he I said know, I don't. Oh it, it, wow, that would be. Uh, I in, don't, his, in his I, words, Paul. Though, listen, listen to the whole statement. He said, in his words, those players played harder than they've ever played to make sure that the puck never got into the the to Matt Murray's goal, if you will, in overtime. Uh, I get it. And, I get it. And he thinks that you need to ask them. Uh, for at least their opinion. Now that's uh, coming from a player. Keep in mind, this uh, guy. Uh, no, no, no. I I get it. Um, I just an opinion. I guess. Um, I guess that's a reasonable thing to ask. I don't know. Um, you know that would really depend on the locker room itself. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's my thoughts on that. And this is what I told them. I said, I think uh, if Lindbergh is the guy that got you there and for no fault of his own, he was under COVID protocol. I don't see how you don't go back to him in the biggest game of the year. I understand Matt Murray, but if, if Matt Murray was number two uh, coming in, then your number one is there and he's healthy and he's ready to go. You got to put the number one back in, in my opinion. Well, look at it this way. Uh, should UMass win that game tonight, um, you you wouldn't be able to say um, that you know certain players didn't have a hand in this because it's been all hands on deck. You know nobody will be sitting there like, man, I wish I could have played more. Yeah, you know, like well, like me... players want to do, but you know, winning cures all. Well, let me tell you this. Um... As I was sitting uh, watching that game, and it went into overtime, and it was late, and I'd been there since, like, I don't know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we were approaching midnight, um, and I was realizing that Minnesota Duluth could usually go more than one overtime if need be. Um, Honestly, I was going like, please, this has been such a dominating thing. Can we just end it now and be done with it, or do we have to... uh, look at a possible second, third, fourth, fifth overtime uh, going into the wee hours of the morning? Well, I look at it this way. I want to sit there and figure out how can uh, it make you the most miserable. If that's three or four <laughs> overtimes, then I'm all for Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I always appreciate being made the most miserable. Okay. Uh, yeah, somebody has break. to be. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's talk a little bit about the uh, the guys that are going to be participating in the championship game. And I'm talking St. Cloud State and I'm talking UMass. We'll be back in about three minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. 
Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skate. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone, but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well... If that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. All right, we're back. Special edition college hockey Southwest Live. It is the NCAA Championship Game Edition. Scott Strandy with you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the home of the National Championship this year. And Paul Hornstein, my co-host, joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York, where Paul's battling the second shot of COVID. So if you hear him going in and out of things, folks, that's the reason. Um, But, Paul, two great combatants going in tonight, St. Cloud State. And uh, UMass, and before we jump into those two, I do want to say that uh, the St. Cloud State is carrying not only the banner of their school, but the banner of the NCHC to continue their championship very true. success. Very true. So uh, so what's the uh, thought process uh, from you on this game tonight? Who, who do I have to do what to come out a champion? 
Uh, so that's like asking me for a prediction, right? No, I'm just asking. I'm just oh. asking you who has to do what. If, All right. Well, if okay, let's listen. start with Saint Cloud State. If if they want to win this championship and keep the banner uh, in the NCHC and take a fresh banner back to Saint Cloud State, the first ever to hang in the beautiful Herb Brooks Hockey Center, uh, the Herb, as I like to call it. Um, I'm hanging up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if that's to happen, what do those Saint Cloud State Huskies have to do? Well, listen, you're going to have to slow down uh, UMass. I mean, uh, look at, at, at how they basically flew past Duluth for, for most of that game. Uh, that game on Thursday night, four, basically four periods, Duluth got 15 shots. You're not going to win with 15 shots. So Nope, you, you certainly so, are not. St. Cloud has got to figure out a way to get the puck to the net. Um, I'll pound that banner. Um, they've got to find a way to, you know, take advantage of any opportunities in the power play. I mean, it, it, it's no different than any other championship game. Special teams, goaltending, special teams, goaltending. Um, okay, so... So let me ask you this. If Thursday night was a battle of how many times can we get guys in front of the goaltender, A, does that continue? And B, you talked about special teams and goaltending. So um, does that minimize that if you're able to score goals on deflections and screens as opposed to taking a penalty and having to score, um, have the other team score on your power play? Well, uh, listen, <laughs> you know, anytime you get the – that's the name of the game, right? Score goals. I mean, in that you have to sit puck. there. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I had to throw that out there just to see how sharp you were this morning. Good job. I'll you never be it. that dull. Um, <laughs> you need to, um, you know, I don't know who the, advantage would be or who could which team could more likely handle not scoring the first goal you know I have been saying all year St. Cloud has been under the radar and yeah you've said that since uh first of December five. yeah so yep um for them to be here um I don't know if if that's an advantage for them, UMass has been in the championship game before, so you would think that that's an advantage for them. Um, it it's it's going to be who comes out loose. You know, I mean, if you're Saint Cloud, you you have nothing to lose, and if you're UMass, you're problem you're you're. I don't know. You have to call up Derek Stevens and ask him what the odds are in the game. <laughs> ask, ask him who's the favorite. Nice, I'm, going nice to assume, I'm going to assume it's UMass is the favorite. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, and they definitely are going to carry the banner for the rest of college hockey. Like, we're sick of the NCHC winning. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, 
they uh, they got a game-winning goal from a Minnesotan. Um, ironically enough, a, a, trans, a transfer portal Minnesotan in Garrett Waite, who left Minnesota to uh, play for UMass. Uh, the celebration that, that I witnessed was uh, uh, monumental, if you will. I mean, they were... Uh, they were all loving where they were at. I don't think it's going to be too big for them to move on. Um, I think they're going to uh, play very, very well. That being said, the flip side of that coin is St. Cloud State. Brett Larson, um, just a couple of years removed from being on the bench from, uh, for UMD. That makes now, a difference. In now installing his own offense, his own defense, his own special teams, and more importantly, his own players into a program that's looking to really jump up and 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 take the spotlight. So I think either way, it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, I'm glad it starts at 7 because if it goes into multiple <laughs> overtime, uh, they'll still be done by midnight, maybe. Uh, maybe. Not if they do 5. <laughs> yeah, well... Jeez, don't even go there with me, Paul. Don't even go there with me. You're sitting back in a palatial estate with your feet up, drinking a cool one. I'm uh, in oh, the, no. uh, I promise you that's in the not arena this weekend. Getting, <laughs> and I got to get back to my hotel, get a couple of uh, hours of sleep, and then head my way back to the west so I can get back to Denver for a very busy week uh, next week in the great state of Colorado. Okay. So we kind of laid everything out. Um, we know the goaltenders are, are pretty solid. We know David Rennick is going to be uh, the starter, I'm guessing, for yeah, I can't uh, imagine. Cloud State. I can't imagine it not being. And, and we don't know what the situation is uh, with UMass yet. Hopefully we'll find out from Coach if we do get him here in about four minutes or so. Um, we'll, we'll dig into it. But uh, both teams are pretty evenly matched, I think, up front. I think the forwards and the defense – um, both seem to match up pretty well against each other. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those games where whoever jumps out uh, to the first goal lead will try to close things down a little bit, try to slow it down, shut it down. Who does that favor, Paul, in your uh, – let, let's go with UMass scoring first. Does that favor them to try to shut down St. Cloud, or if St. Cloud scores first, does it favor them to shut down UMass? Uh, I, I would think, and this is clearly just my opinion, uh, St. Cloud scoring first would give them a chance to pack it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, not play passive, but not have to be worried about every little mistake. And like I said, UMass, these guys have been, most of these guys have been in the national championship game. They lost a couple of years ago to Duluth, so. They've been there. Yeah, and of course, that was the last national championship game yes. because there wasn't one last year with COVID. So uh, they are returning and trying to make amends for that uh, hard-fought uh, battle with UMD then. Uh, is there going to be a letdown, Paul? Do you think UMass is going to have a little letdown knowing that they knocked off the vampire, as you like to say? Uh, I don't think so. I, I you know, I, I don't think there will be. I mean, you know, humans are what they are, and anything is possible. But if you're not coming out flying sky high for this, what can you do? What can you come out flying for? You know, it's a championship game. 
There is no tomorrow. This is it. We're gonna take a, we're gonna take a quick break. I got coach. Okay. Okay, we're back. We're going to uh, bring on the head coach of the uh, UMass Minutemen in just a second. We've got Coach Greg Carvel joining us. So, Coach, you got Scott and Paul with you. Thank you for joining us on a very busy day and a very important day for your team and yourself. So, how are you? I'm doing great. This is a wonderful opportunity for a hockey program. Uh, we were here two years ago. I have a little experience under our belt now, so we're going to confident team, a healthy team, and we're ready to go. Uh, Coach, I want to take a minute because uh, the hockey world suffered a big loss, and I know a close friend of yours up at, at uh, Maine in the loss of Red yesterday. And um, Can you give us a quick uh, moment about uh, an experience with Red? Because it all caught us by surprise, and I'm sure it's been very tough for you as well. years in the league when I came in uh, to the Hockey East team. He was really the one that would help just make sure I was doing okay and took care of me at league meetings. And he does that, did that for everybody. Uh, but this year, during COVID, we were supposed to start the season with him. And so I had a lot of communication. And I think two, a couple times games with him got canceled. So we talked quite a bit. He called me regularly. And it's funny because a lot of the times he his last comments would be coach just playing hockey all these bigger things more important things and, you know it, it hits home now um, but he was loved by everybody just a big personality that was great for our sport and when he, uh, when he walked in the room you knew it he uh, exuded a lot of great characters characters character values and he was just a wonderful person to be around and he was good for the game Absolutely, and uh, I know the game is going to suffer and certainly not be the same without him. Um, uh, turning to a little bit more positive things, uh, I was connected to you with, by our mutual friend and a UMass alum, Brendan Shaw, and uh, Brendan, probably the biggest UMass fan we have on the West Coast. <laughs> so, so it was a lot of fun to, to have him. He, he woke me up very early uh Friday morning to uh, to let me know that uh, UMass was playing in the championship game like he didn't know I was at the arena. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I know Brendan pretty well over the last year. He came back to campus last summer. I toured him around, showed him the facilities and uh, the upgrades we're about to make, and we just kept in touch all year. Uh, he's, he's a very proud UMass alum. 
Okay, before we get into the uh, the game coming up tonight, uh, I want to ask you two quick things. Number one, how proud are you of uh, Kale McCarr and the job that he's done representing not only your university but himself in the NHL in just such a very short period of time? Yeah, Kale's uh, a great ambassador for our, our team our program, but he's just one of many, and he, he gets a lot of spotlight. But there's a lot of kids that have done a lot for this program, Kale. Kale did his part. We feel like we did our part to make him help him prepare for the NHL. Um, but we got a lot of kids here that built this this program through their through their character, and, and Kale's just one of them. He just happens to be a high profile one, and uh, it's great that he's very loyal to the program. I know he's fallen. He, he should have been a senior <laughs> this year. By no means should he still be here, but um, <laughs> the seniors on his team are his best friends. So. It's fun to have him connected, and now his brother's coming in next year to play, so we've got a very close connection with the McCarr family. I'm sure we will for many years. Okay, one one final thing, and then I'll let uh, Paul jump in for for a couple of questions here. But um, that overtime period that you guys played a Thursday night, I commented, I've watched college hockey for 40-plus years, and that might have been the most dominating period of overtime I have ever witnessed. What in the world did you tell the guys in the locker room for the second period so we got dominated in the second <laughs> period um, I just felt like you know, our team is pretty well conditioned and we were rolling four lines and um, you know, we had to take a couple of days off practice and before the frozen four because of cold reasons I just felt like we had a lot of energy it seemed like Duluth was only playing three lines and we were able to get really heavy shifts in the offensive zone which really wore them down and we kept coming at them one after another and it was it was as lopsided as ever seen in overtime period. Um, I just felt like eventually we were going to crack that jam. The kids played outstanding, but that was a that was a very even hockey game. Could have gone either way, but that's what happens this time of year. Most games are like that. And, and coach, by the way, you you can say it was a very dominant period of college. I don't think I've seen a, a pro game where a team dominated an overtime period like that. No, it's 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 difficult to be that that dominant. But again, we just we got the snowball rolling, and we were able to keep pucks in the offensive zone. We were able to make line changes while still cycling the offensive zone. And uh, again, we had four lines going. I, 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 it's not it's unusual in this type this type time of the year to play four lines consistently, and we we've done that. That's the depth of our team. Everybody was concerned when we lost our leading goal scorer and another four one of our uh, regular forwards, but the depth of our team is, is strong. We've got four recruiting classes here now, and uh, we have a lot of faith in all the kids that put on the jersey. Coach, uh, we're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do, but uh, whatever your thoughts were about your goaltending situation, did Thursday night make you sit back and say, i got to think about this a little bit more? No, because nothing changed. We've had two very good goalies for three years, and it's always been a dilemma. Like, which one do you play? And it really doesn't matter. Either one of them can give us a great chance to win. So, what Matt did on Thursday night is not peaceful, surprising. Uh, only that he hadn't really played in two months, but I'm going to be able to use and go from the other We know we get that game out You know, we'd be a senior playing a lot of good games for us. Uh, that would be, I think, I was way more worried about the 20 guys. 
Uh, I, I, I'm not gonna. I was very, very impressed. Um, he looked like he was in control the whole game. He, he, he never looked like he was out of position, and, and 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 was controlling the puck really, really well. Now I have I have to ask this question because, um, as I told you really quickly when uh, we got hooked up on the phone here. Uh, I'm tired of getting double teamed by all these Minnesota guys. Uh, do you have uh, uh, all kinds of people saying, "Hey, you got to end this streak. You got to get this done." And we're sick of seeing the NCHC win every year. Uh, no, I don't, it's not really a conversation. I would say to you, you can tell them all that a Minnesota kid scored the game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If that softens the blow for him at all. <laughs> Go- I think it's important. It's important for us. Uh, you know, first and foremost, for our program, it'd be a first for our program. But it, it'd be great for our conference. Uh, the NCHC has made a uh, pretty good run here last number of years. It'd be great for our conference to be able to bring a title back to the East. Coach, I want to ask you. Uh, you know, I thought the motive, or I don't know, motive is the right word, but. What I saw on Thursday night in both games were get pucks to the net, get people to the net, and uh, get confusion and uh, distractions in front of the goaltenders like I've never seen before in two college hockey games with the magnitude of, of what we saw. But the other thing I was impressed with, there was only three penalties in your game, and uh, that tells me that the guys are, are, are skating hard and uh, moving their feet. Your thoughts on that? thing I love about this time of the year is that the referees stop calling penalties. And I, I, think that's the, I, I think that's the way the game should be played. It should, it should not be a special teams, you know, seven, eight penalties each way. It should be one or two, maybe three. All the things that are really, you know, this guy who misses a scoring chance or it's a, a violent play. But, the, you know, let, let the kids play and determine it. Not special team. So I, I, it's been great. We, we went through our first two hockey's playoff games. We didn't get a single power play. And I was fine with it because the other team didn't get, you know, had only had one or two. So our teams played with real discipline. The rest of letting the kids decide the game. And as you said, the game's decided around that. Um, and you sound like you qualify to be an official hockey coach because, you know, don't just get the puck in the net and bang and rebounds. That's, that's how they're all scored. Right, that's how the game is played, right? No matter how fancy the skating is, no matter how fancy the equipment is, it always comes down to the same thing, right? Get bucks to the net and, and, yep. and get, get, you know. All five, all five goals in the game we played were scored. The guy was, uh, on top of the, on top of the glass. Well, that's not true. Jones, Jones scored in the power play. So hopefully yep. we do get a couple power plays today. Okay. Uh, so um, go ahead, Paul. Go ahead. I was, I was going to just ask. Um, you've been a coach in the National Hockey League um, and went to the finals uh, with one of the teams that you were coached with. Um, what made you decide to return back to college coaching? Well, I got fired. So that <laughs> makes it pretty simple. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we, try not to say, we try not to say things like that. Uh, uh, I, it was always my goal to, you know, I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to coach in the NHL, it just happened, things worked out that way, but I, I did always want to come back to coach at the college level, so when I when I was fired, um, I, I did have some different options at pro level, uh, but ultimately, 
settled on the road. That took me back to my alma mater, which was a great first uh, coaching stop for me. Uh, but I, I love I love it at this level. I love uh, working with the kids at this level. And uh, I don't see myself going anywhere. Coach, tell me a little bit about, uh, was there a sense of relief that you finally uh, eliminated UMD after what they did to you two years ago? Or, or was it just another hockey game for you guys and you were you were looking to get to the national championship title game? Well, no, I don't think you know redemption or revenge was anything that we talked about. It's just understanding that you're playing, being a team in college hockey, two-time defending champion, or just knocked off North Dakota doing their thing again so uh, so it was not a revenge thing it was okay let's see where we where we stack up two years later after being pretty much stifled by them in the championship game two years ago so it was just another game again if we don't win this game tonight it would be a uh, lose won't, won't really carry much of it okay and let me follow that one up if, if I can about uh, your game plan for tonight I mean uh Two teams that haven't won a national championship before, St. Cloud State, uh, my co-host has said, has been under the radar the whole season. Uh, your thoughts on St. Cloud State and the job that Brett Larson has done there in just a few years? Yeah, Brett's a really good coach. He's, you know, he's at Duluth and he's had a lot of success. Uh, I'm not surprised what he's done for the program there. Uh, at the same time, don't know a ton about them. Watch, watch the game or two just to get a how they play and make you need to be prepared for. But um, way more concerned about making sure our guys play the way they're capable of. And uh, we've shown it off this year that when we're playing top of our game, we're, we're a tough team to beat. So way more focused on our team than our team. Okay, and let me follow that one up real quickly with a, uh, a COVID update, if you can give us one. Is everybody healthy now, and, and, and can you release that yet, or is that something you're going to hold tight? Okay, well, I know I told you we'd keep you just a few minutes, so I know you've got a big day ahead of you. I thank you for taking the time to join us, and I'll let you end it, Coach, by uh, telling us about UMass, because the people that listen to our podcast are generally out in the West, and tell them about UMass hockey and, and what it's like to, to be a Minuteman. Well, uh, we built this program up through uh, having really high standards and bringing in really high quality kids, and it's a really good combination. You, uh, you have good kids, and you really challenge them to keep pushing themselves. We've developed a lot of kids, made them NHL ready. That, that uh, weren't when they got to us. We have a lot of kids that get NHL, they get drafted in NHL after they get to UMass when they were eligible for draft and junior. So we're We've proven ourselves to be a very good developmental program, and that's it's in every aspect. We're the highest GPA of any team on campus, uh, which is quite a statement. And uh, very proud of what we do. We, we, we turn develop kids in every way, but most importantly, we turn them into prospects in the NHL. Uh, again, we've got three kids that should be seniors on this team playing in this game, but they're all very good players in the NHL, helping teams in the NHL. Uh, win games. So we got a bunch of kids on this team that will be in the NHL someday soon. So we're well, well in UMass and uh, I think it's a destination that most kids want to, want to be part of. Well, I can tell you that Brendan's wearing that sweatshirt proudly and, and he's recruiting like crazy for you. So if you get some kids from the West, 
Brendan Shaw's probably had a hand in it somewhere. So good luck tonight, Coach. Thanks for spending some time with us on Thanks, game day, and uh, uh, we'll be watching you tonight closely. All right, that's uh, the head coach, Greg Carvel from uh, UMass, the Minutemen, as uh, he uh, prepares for a game. And it, it's not a normal game, Paul Hornstein, because um, this is a game that he's had to, to fight through COVID right up to the very end. Uh, we both said, what was it going to be like this week uh, for players? And I know he had to go, so I didn't want to keep him much longer. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, I would Listen, it was, it was but, nice of him to give us the 15 minutes. But you know what? Um, I can't imagine what it's like to be the head coach when you have to not only prepare a game plan to, to win a national championship, but you also have to check on the health reports that are COVID and sometimes very unsymptomatic, unlike you left your shots. <laughs> yeah, well. These guys may have, may have tested positive and showing no symptoms. I would think that that has got to drive you crazy because, uh, A, you're wondering first and foremost, is it a positive test? Or is it a false positive test? Um, do we need to do this again? Um, how am I going to build my lineup if somebody can't play? How is it going to affect my chemistry in the locker room? I mean, there's just so many details, right? Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure St. Cloud is going through the same things. Brett Larson doing his thing there. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, the first thing they're doing is getting up in the morning and, and checking the test results. So yeah, I if mean, they're up after the so, so 15 months after this whole thing started, basically, we're having a national championship game tonight. Who'd have thunk it? And it appears, yeah, I mean, the way things have rolled, Paul, and the things that have happened over the last 15 months, it's really hard to just comprehend it uh, at all, correct? Yeah, no, it's it's hopefully, uh, I don't expect it to change much for the next few months, but hopefully by... July, maybe August, we can uh, have more normalcy in terms of everyday life, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, well, one thing that's not going to be normal over the next uh, three, four, five months, Paul, is going to be the transfer portal, which continues to just blow everybody away. Uh, I don't want to get into too much of that now because no, no, a, I don't week. want to take the spotlight away from the championship game. But no. um, you got to look at it because the way things are going, um, every roster on every college campus is going to look different. And it's going to be what I think is an unexpected different. I think if COVID doesn't happen, the NCAA doesn't grant the uh, extra well, of year not. of eligibility, um, nothing nothing looks like this. So um, we'll we'll get into that. But... One more time, let's talk a little bit, just to kind of recap if we can, the UMass-St. Cloud State game, 7 p.m. tonight on ESPN. The spotlight of college hockey will be shining directly on the PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I will be there. Paul Paul will be having a nice cold one at home in his palatial estate with his feet up and just relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully my eyes will be open. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, coach, it is it is just going to be crazy. I mean, um, I I really don't have a rooting interest in this game. Um, you know, UMass is is uh, on this coast, and uh, Saint Cloud, um, 
Is it in the state of hockey? Well, no. A friend of mine, her husband went to St. Cloud, so I'm kind of torn in terms of. Uh, I, I thought you were. I thought you were talking about just your feelings for the state of hockey. By the way, where you're going to tour this summer and do a little fishing in North Dakota and, uh, and maybe get some mosquito bites as you travel through the camp. That's not. In northern I'm surprised Minnesota. at how, how that's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you guys, you guys uh, can fish. I will take care of the cooler. I will guard the cooler. Okay. You, you, okay. you and Peluso uh, can throw. I'll take my little stick uh, with my little six-inch <laughs> string on the end and hold it over the water, and hopefully nothing will disturb me. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, uh, as we talk, uh, NCAA Frozen Four. Um, nobody thought we were going to get to this point. Talk, we talked about the chaos and building up to the national tournament and what that was going to be like. But in the end, Paul, did we not end up with two really good teams in the national championship title game? Well, listen, I mean, you don't beat the teams you beat to get to this point without being a good team. One game, you can have a fluke, right? Right. One game, and, one, and one and done in the tournament, you're out of there. Right. So the two teams that are at this point have beaten three really good teams. Yep, that's exactly a fact. And and, and, uh, and they've beaten them in different ways, too, on top of it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I mean, when I look at UMass's record, uh, Paul, 19-5-4, I mean, that's a, that, that's a pretty impressive mark through COVID. First of all, they got in, what's that, uh, 28 games, yeah. which is a, an accomplishment in itself. Yes. But to, to go through that gauntlet, uh, during COVID, and you know, I'm glad to hear Coach say his roster is pretty healthy and uh, yeah. ready to go because that would have been a tragedy, if you will. Did you take anything away from him? Did he give anything away on what he's going to do in goal tonight? Because no, he he's a coach. He's not doing that. He's a coach. What, he's what not he doing say, that. Uh, he says that he likes both of them. Yeah, that was <laughs> duh. Really? Uh, no, we're gonna, I, uh, I, I, I. I, I I, I can't stand one of them, but I'm going to throw him in there anyway because I don't really care whether we win. Uh, seriously? So, I mean, okay. So so let me ask you this. He's not going with a hunch? Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes the hunch pays off. It, it, might not pay off. it might not pay off for five overtimes, but it, you know, pays <laughs> off. Okay. Uh, so let's hit the table one final time. We'll get out of here a little early then in this special edition of College Hockey Southwest Live. Um, UMass, UM, uh, UMass St. Cloud State uh, yeah, battling for the nice national try. championship. We will have a new national champion, a first-time national champion, because sure. um, neither team has, has won it before. Uh, you heard Coach Carvel tell us that uh, it, it will be important for his team Um to, to win it for obvious reasons. Uh, the other thing that he gave away is he said there's another Makar coming his way. Did you see uh, that one coming your way? Uh, I did not, but I haven't exactly uh, focused on UMass recruiting. Uh, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe we will next year. I mean, you know, based on on anything we, we decide to do. But, I mean... Uh, well, to, to, with the transfer portal, who the hell knows? Yeah, well, well, well let me tell you, <laughs> it, it, 
if Kale's younger brother uh, is anything like Kale as a person and as a hockey player, UMass has got another sensational player because there's not a guy, and you know me, I've been through Colorado quite a bit lately, but there's not right. a guy in that Colorado locker room, and that, that takes Nathan McKinnon and the captain Landeskog and all those guys into, into consideration. There's not a guy that's more popular in the state of Colorado right now than Kale McCarr. Um, uh, I, I love their, their goals. Whenever he scores, it's all hail Kale is their call. Uh, and, I'm uh, just going to start looking on the recruiting lists for all the New Yorkers. I don't care about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I hate to not give full, full-blown uh, coverage to St. Cloud State because they certainly deserve it as well, but uh, it was an opportunity to, to get Coach of course. on. And, and I know Brett Larson is a busy, busy man, and uh, it's a first-time thing for him, so um, I certainly don't want to take away from the, the things that St. Cloud State has done as they no, absolutely the not. Title game. Absolutely not. Like I said, um, you know they they didn't exactly uh, you know have an easy time getting here either. You know they 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 <laughs> they, 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 they rebounded from you know it was a back and forth game against Minnesota State. Uh, they shut down Boston College. They shut down. BU. Okay. Yeah, just to get out of that, that regional, Paul, was just a, a heck of a job by Brett. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, you know, they didn't, they did not earn getting there. They, they weren't given a bye into the no. championship game. So. Okay. So, so I want to end it on this note. Um, my good friend up at uh, the University of North Dakota that does the uh, the play-by-play. You can catch his feature. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. I'm just going to say we're going to send this this show off into the title game tonight by saying everybody's ready, so let's play more NCAA championship hockey. Okay. Fair enough? Hey, I think okay, you meant folks. the PA announcer. Yeah, what did I say? The play-by-play guy. Oh, yeah, the PA announcer. Yeah, everybody knows who it is, Darren Looker. Uh, my PA... <laughs> My PA friend. So, uh, Darren, thanks for setting me up on the show. Uh, Thanks to Greg Carvel, the head coach of uh, UMass, for joining us today. Thanks for you for listening. And uh, stay tuned for Sunday night because we will have the wrap-up on the regular episode of College Hockey Southwest Live. I believe my co-host may even be healthy by then. We've got our fingers crossed on it. So, Paul Hornstein, thanks for hanging in there. What a trooper. Uh, Not feeling well and and going through it, but... um, the game's on tonight. Get some rest before the 7 p.m. Eastern time start. And uh, good luck to both UMass and St. Cloud State. Good night, everybody. Uh, good night.